It's time to start rallying around America's young conservatives and explore what it means to be a young Republican in the 21st century, in a world where it seems like everyone under 30 must be a liberal. These are the stories you haven't heard before from the voices of America's young conservatives. So let's find out what it truly means to be raised right. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Raised Right Podcast. I'm your host, Rayleigh Klein, a 22-year-old young conservative who knows all about how hard it is to say that in the 21st century and the struggles that encompass being a passionate young conservative and a young one at that. I started this podcast as a result of getting canceled and standing up to the people that tried to cancel me and pushing back against cancel culture as a way to inspire young conservatives to have confidence in themselves and their beliefs and want to share their stories, their passions, and just talk about current events from the perspective of a young conservative. We had 15 great episodes of first season, and I am so excited to be back for season two of the Raise Right podcast. We're going to keep having all those amazing conversations, but also try to dissect and look into current events from the perspective of a young conservative and what that looks like and how it impacts our world moving forward as young adults. For this first episode, I am very excited to pick up right where last season left off and bring in a special guest by the name of April Moss, who had the courage to stand up and walk away from her career all in the name of freedom. I have a quick clip of what she did to speak out against these crazy norms and these crazy ideas that are being pushed on people, not only in their careers, but just every aspect of life. And the big step that she took to fight for freedom as just a normal American citizen. It's really empowering. And I think you'll be inspired not only by what she did, um, but the opportunities that came after and all that she's been able to do in the meantime. Good evening and thanks for watching First Forecast. I'm meteorologist April Moss and happy Father's Day. Today we saw temperatures above normal again, topping out at 85 degrees at Metro Airport. Plenty of sunshine today, but all good things must come to an end and that starts as early as tomorrow morning with showers moving in around 8 a.m. And speaking of a brand new week, I will be sitting down this week with Project Veritas to discuss the discrimination that CBS is enforcing upon its employees. Tune in to Project Veritas for my full story. I am here with April Moss, who is an inspiring journalist, inspiring young conservatives across the country for what she did on national television, calling for truth, which is a big step. So April, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, how you were raised, um, and why you wanted to get into journalism? Yeah, well, thanks, Riley, so much for having me on your show today. Um, you know, I think it's a really great question that you asked of how was I raised, because most people don't know, I actually was raised Democrat. <laughs> and um, it wasn't until I went to college at Central Michigan University, um, and I started to actually, that's where I became conservative of all places. Now, that college has completely been taken over by a a very far left agenda. But when I was there, I was part of the college Republicans. And um, I felt like for the first time I had to relearn history because I only knew things from the, the democratic lens. And, you know, I remember reading Ann Coulter's books um, in college and feeling like I was learning everything for the first time. And 
Um, that really got me, I would say the first step to realizing like we have a huge problem in America with, you know, half of the population, you know, not really seeing the full picture of the story. And many people who grew up as Democrats, they, they grew up with the, the mindset of what the Democrats stood for in the sixties, you know, like Kennedy's era. And so they didn't follow along that, that that party has changed drastically since that time. And um, I remember calling home to my grandmother who was part of the democratic club of where she lived and saying, do you have any idea what the Democrats stand for right now? And I was listing off, she had no idea they even stood for abortion. It was things like that. And I felt like, okay, there's a whole generation of people that really aren't keeping up with what, where the party is going. And so anyways, um, I enjoyed my time at uh, Central Michigan. I was very involved with the broadcasting and journalism program. I was president of the radio and TV news directors association, um, very much career minded. And I definitely was one of those people that said, you know, I really want to get my career off the ground the first 10 years after graduation. And then I'd love to settle down and have kids and to be honest, I don't want to work after I have kids because I just want to focus on them. So that's honestly how I thought my life was going to go. But um, it actually turned out very different. And um, my husband and I met my senior year of college. Uh, we got married right after I graduated. We got married in August. And then shortly after we were married, we found out that we were expecting twins. And <laughs> I was not expecting that I kind of thought we would have some sort of five to eight year plan of like just being married and focusing on my career. So I actually had a job right out of college to be a, a news anchor in Fairbanks, Alaska of all places. But when I found out that I was having twins, I realized, you know, I need to be close to home where my family is, we're going to need help. Um, and so I gave up my dreams of being a career person. And I was a stay-at-home mom for at least six years until they started kindergarten. And that's when I thankfully got back into um, the broadcast industry, because many of you know, if you're in journalism or broadcasting and you get out of it for a while, it's really kind of hard to get back in. Um, but God was with me and, um, and he had, we had some, some mutual friends that had mutual friends and, and got me, you know, an audition or like a, an interview for the uh, weather forecasting position at CBS Detroit. So that was my initial in. Um, and, and I was there for nine years. So I was there until just recently, this last couple of months before uh, they let me go. Wow. That's awesome. What a wild ride. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it never, it never goes how you expect, right? It's always so yeah. just full surprises. That's what makes it fun. <laughs> so true. So when you got back in to the journalism world and became a meteorologist, did you notice the game had changed when you first stepped into what you came into the second time? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I had always grown up like watching the news. I mean, just was so interested in before I would get um, before I would go to school in the morning, I would put on the, the morning news show and watch that as I was getting ready um, for the day for school. And 
you know, by the time I had been a mom and raising kids and now getting back into it, I kind of felt like I didn't, I didn't quite so much see strong bias um, or, or like blatant lack of journalism integrity, but I definitely noticed that, you know, it was like, oh, I'm so sick of just so many negative, you know, just the constant negative, you know, if it bleeds, it leads type of uh, stories that were always out there. So to be honest, I was grateful that I was doing the weather because I thought, good, I don't have to report on murders or things like that. I can just right. talk about the weather. Um, and, but then I would say the major shift happened during COVID, um, which I think is, is, you know, where most people saw it. You know, first you heard President Trump saying, you know, there's fake news, fake news. That was the first time anyone had even questioned the news, to be honest. You know, they hadn't really even thought like, well, maybe they aren't putting out truthful stuff. And so I think what he did to spur people's thought process on that and really start to question was huge. And um, and certainly it got me thinking about what our station was, was putting out there. Now, you know, I was basically involved in a community show that aired on the weekend mornings. And a lot of the topics that we talked about was the constant poverty in Detroit and trying to get the, the city, you know, um, back up and thriving again. And, and you know, really the, the interesting thing about that is, is that every single week I would interview organizations that had large amounts of wealthy donors and money that were pouring money into the city of Detroit. But every year the city continued to just be you know, lackluster. And now they are trying to rebuild things. Um, and, and I'm sure you could ask other people and say, oh, well, Detroit's really coming back and making a comeback. Um, and, and we all want that. But um, I did see that there was just a constant focus in the last, I would say, year where you heard all of these far left buzzwords in all of our programming. It was social justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. You know, these words were words that nobody ever mentioned before, before the last couple of years, you know, it wasn't like, you know, you could, you could get through a whole newscast without hearing that word. Well, now you turn it on. That's all you hear about. And all corporations right now are, they want diversity and, and, and equity and inclusion people to join them, you know, for their corporation. So um, I, I definitely saw a shift after, after COVID hit and, um, and certainly my, my own experiences on the show, uh, where they did not want me to, to be discussing real scientific facts with, um, medical doctors on the show regarding COVID. Wow. That's crazy. And you bring up a lot of good points that point out parallels between your story, Carrie's story, Ivory's story. It was after COVID, it was like the green light for these news networks to just run with pushing all of propaganda really is what yeah. it is. And it was, it was terrifying. I mean, I even noticed it in my own journalism school, just the way that things shifted and the way of what stories went and what stories were shot down. And so it's interesting for you too, that it was that same, same kind of time and reason that it went bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the specific, I would say, you know, <clears throat> The, the main uh, show that I did right before I said to my boss, um, I said, you know, 
I can't do this anymore. I cannot host the show anymore. If this is the way that it's going to continue to keep being, um, you know, I just can't in good conscience and I don't want my name on this. And if this is the type of, of script you're going to be writing and having me uh, to read. <clears throat> and so unfortunately that conversation didn't go so well because he basically didn't agree with me. He didn't think that there was anything wrong with the scripts. Um, and, and to be honest, really, like all of the scripts were wanting me to reinforce gender and wanting me to reinforce a person's skin color in, in every question just about that I would ask them to the point where it was embarrassing for me. I'm thinking we're on TV. Like it's very obvious to the, the viewers that I'm interviewing a, an African-American female. Like I don't need to state her skin color. It's obvious on here. And why are we making skin color you know, more important than, than the job that she's doing, you know? <laughs> and so that was just, um, unfortunately I, I couldn't get anywhere. I, I tried to speak up and speak my mind and they basically were, were like, you know, we don't really see a problem in this and we don't really know what your problem is. So just very frustrating. And so I felt like I needed to contact Project Veritas because um, especially when COVID hit and they began to talk about how they wanted to have everyone vaccinated. You know, this was like last year, I knew the end game was going to be every single person would need to be vaccinated. You know, they weren't coming out and admitting it, but they were saying things like, we're going to offer you incentives to go get vaccinated. We're going to do this and do that. And um, then it finally came down to the line where uh, right before I was let go, they basically said, well, um, since you're not going to comply with, with all of these policies, then you're not allowed in our building anymore. And so they still wanted me to do the weather, but from my house. And so all of my viewers would, would like message me and say, how come you're not in front of the green screen? How come you're always at your house? But the other people you work with, they're back in the studio. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was such a violation of my privacy, my medical privacy, because I thought, you know, this decision, it's not like I'm working behind the scenes somewhere and nobody would know. I mean, I have thousands of viewers that are, that are seeing me every week and never in the studio. Right. It's like advertising it to them that you didn't yeah. get vaccinated, which for reasons I'll never understand why it's become everybody's business. Right. And like putting me in this little, like, you know, you stay here, you're not allowed in here. Yeah. Right. So yeah. unfortunately that's the state of many, many places now and um, it's not okay. And I think that's why I felt so compelled to stand up to say, Cause a lot of people were saying, well, you know, a lot of corporations are doing that. And I'm like, I know, and that's not okay. And that's why I have to do something about this because I feel like when nobody stands up or says like, this is wrong, then the general population starts to think, oh yeah, I guess I do need to do this. I do need to comply. I do need to just go get this experimental vaccine without thinking, no, actually you don't. <laughs> right. So. Right. And I think journalists and people on TV are in the public eye in any capacity really have a bigger influence than they think. I mean, people are watching them. Like you said, thousands of eyes are on you every day when you're on the broadcast. So what you do really yeah. does have an effect on, on all of those people. So talk to me a little bit about what working with Project Veritas was like and how you made the decision to blow the whistle on your network on live television. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I would, I would say that Project Veritas is amazing. I loved working with them. Every person that I came across was just of the utmost highest professionalism and um, just class acts all around. So that was so relieving to be around just such professionals. Um, but then 
yeah, meeting James was was amazing and just seeing his heart behind, um, you know, you you think you know him, right, from, from seeing his different, um, you know, things that he does and especially how he has this whole theatrical side to him where he loves to get involved with the dances and things like that. And that's, that's amazing. It's a great uh, personality feature of him, but he is truly dedicated to his craft. He's dedicated to exposing um, things that are, you know, wanting to be kept in the darkness and, but he's doing it for the good of humanity. So I really got to, to know him. I respect and admire him so much. And I just think that um, we are, America is so indebted to what Project Veritas and their whole team does because it's hard work and it's, it takes a long time to actually reveal something that's going on in a corporation. A lot of months and many people don't realize how much work it is behind the scenes, but they're a great organization and we are so blessed to have them. That's awesome. That's, they are really fantastic and do a lot of good work. And I'm glad that yeah. we have an organization like that to turn to. Yeah. So how did you decide to kind of, you know, walk out of this career that you've had for so many years and the sacrifices that came along with that decision? Yeah, it was really scary to be honest, really. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I will say this. I had a definite word from God. Um, I don't think I could have done it if I didn't hear clearly from him, but you know, I had been, there's a reason why some people have a passion or a burning for a specific issue. It's God puts it in your heart and you can't give it up. It's something that just gets more and more of a burden on you every single day. And my burden was that I was seeing people's rights being taken away every single day by these COVID policies. And I was frustrated that journalism was not journalism anymore. And I just thought this has got to stop. And if I can do something about it, then I will. And I knew I was going to lose my job. Um, to be honest, really, I wasn't even sure if we were going to be able to make our, our mortgage payment the, you know, the following month after I, I did this. I truly, when you're on the other side of being a whistleblower, right before you go public, you know, you really, you have so many unanswered questions, so many unknowns. And um, looking back, it was the best decision of my life. It's been amazing. And the support of the American people has been everything. I, I needed it. I mean, every single kind word that was sent and, you know, every prayer and, and the finances that were brought through, through the uh, Give, Send, Go fund were just, um, it was what I needed in that time where it was my, my, hardest place emotionally, uh, you know, getting through the fact that, okay, I just got fired. My boss just yelled at me. If you haven't had a chance to watch the video, um, it's on YouTube, um, under project Veritas's channel. And if you just type in April Moss CBS, you should see it. And it's my boss, you know, yelling at me and firing me, uh, which was, which was difficult to hear. But, um, I will just say that it's, feels so good to be free and be able to just uh, have an, uh, an opportunity to bring people the truth and the stories that I've wanted to do for so long, but I never was able to do it. That's awesome. It really is inspiring. I mean, when you think about everything that you had to sacrifice to be able to do this for the rights of people everywhere, it's really inspiring. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. And I hope other people that find themselves in that position because I know there's so many of them out there find the courage to kind of 
do the same thing because that's really what it's going to take to bring it back and to swing that pendulum back the other way is just the courage to stand up and say no because it makes a lot of noise. Yeah, that's exactly what we need. We need more people to stand up and be brave. So please come forward. Uh, you can contact me directly. Uh, my email is aprilmossweather at gmail.com. And, um, and I will keep you confidential. Um, but we need more people to stand up and speak out when there is corruption going on in the workplace or your university or some, or any, any situation that you know is just not okay. Um, let, let us know and, and you can contact Project Veritas as well. I'm going to be working with them very closely in the next couple of months. So um, I can help you get connected with uh, people directly through Project Veritas as well. That's awesome. So last few questions here as we wrap up for anybody that's listening or hears of this or has heard of your story, what advice would you give them as somebody who's been through the good, the bad and the ugly? What would you say? Yeah, I would just say you need to stay true to to your inner convictions. And um, for me, it was always listening to the Holy Holy Spirit and getting that guidance from the Lord on what to do and what steps to take and what steps not to take. And so I think that it's so important that you have to stay true to yourself. <clears throat> you know, don't compromise your values because your workplace is wanting you to do something that you know is contrary to who you are. And um, if you, even if it seems scary and there's a lot of unknowns it, for doing the right thing, just do the right thing because um, you will be rewarded in some way or another. <laughs> You'll be rewarded for doing the right thing. So you don't need to be afraid. And so that would be the second thing is be brave. Don't be afraid and um, put your faith into action by standing up and making a difference because the world needs you. The world needs each one of us and what our gifts and talents can bring. Um, and so you don't want those to be squandered. Right. Absolutely. So for you, what is coming up next? Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. I'm actually, I just signed my contract today. You're the first, the oh. first platform that's going to get this information, awesome. but it's going to be on Real America's Voice. So uh, you can see me on there and uh, you can go to realamericasvoice.com and they have a whole listing of how you can stream from your smart TV or smartphone. And um, I'll be a contributor to start out and we'll see where it takes us. But I'll also be partnering with Project Veritas. And then this coming weekend, I'm traveling with uh, Clay Clark and uh, General Michael Flynn and a lot of other amazing patriots. I think Charlie Kirk is also going to be there uh, at an event in Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan. And it's called the Reawaken America Tour. So I'll be there this weekend with them. And uh, you'll see me on Real America's Voice pretty much weekly. And then I'll also be uh, working alongside Project Veritas as well with some insiders and helping insiders get connected on how they can to, um, you know, expose corruption going on in their workplace. Awesome. Well, congratulations. That's huge. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, you can just see the rewards and how they, how they pay off and dividends. So. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't even mention this either. Next Friday, I'm launching my own uh, channel. This is completely separate from Real America's Voice, but uh, just on Rumble and YouTube, it's going to be called Face the Facts with April Moss. And so I'll have a, a variety of guests um, on that show. So um, please stay tuned to my Instagram. That's where I put most of my um, 
you know, blurbs and promos and things like that. April Moss TV on Instagram and on Rumble, it's a uh, real April Moss. So that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Rayleigh. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. If you're a conservative ready to stand firm in their beliefs and fight for freedom, you're not going to want to miss a single episode of the Raise Right podcast. You can subscribe on any of your favorite podcast apps so you're up to date on what's going on in the political world. Be sure to like, follow, and share our content on the Instagram page at Raise Right Podcast and Facebook and Twitter at Raise Right Pod. This is what it means to be raised right. Podcasts by Federated Media.